disclaimer opinion of host and guests do not represents the views of rehabilitation strategies and human movement this is general information which is not intended to replace your healthcare profession hey welcome to proactive physio podcast season 2 i am your host jamin bhat you can visit my website proactivephysionology.com and find a free resources articles as well as blogs you can also find a previous season podcast episode recently i published a book on goal oriented acl rehabilitation that that you can download it under the shop section from my website if you want to improve your knowledge for acl rehabilitation join my mentorship program you can visit my instagram page @proactive_physionology in today's podcast i will discuss regarding the slr from neurological perspective you will also know about the current literature review as well as the examination of the lumbar spine so let's start with the today's podcast low back pain is one of the most common complaints among the active workers sciatic pain is radiating pain from the buttocks to the leg and it is very frequently associated with the low back pain in this regards the neurological examination is the fundamental in discriminating the patients with isolated low back pain from those with the associated radiculopathy however the early recognition of radiculopathy allows us the targeted treatment and the diminished disability if we look from the certain literature the specificity of slr has been reported very low it helps us to making the diagnosis accurately but it is very limited although the clinical usefulness of this test remain important for general practitioner as well as the spine surgeon it should still be considered a relevant component for physical examination those who are associated with proper radiological study which can lead to accurate diagnosis and the treatment part what are the indications for doing the slr those who are suffering from low back pain buttock pain and the leg How do you perform the SLR? The straight leg raise test is performed with the patient is in supine position. The examiner gently raises the patient's leg by flexing the hip with the knee in the extension position. The test is considered positive when the patient experiences the pain along the lower limb in the same distribution of the lower radicular nerves. Usually it occurs in L5 or S1 area. In addition to that, a positive SLR is determined when the pain is elicited by lower limb flexion at an angle lower than 45 degree during the test if the pain is reproduced by straight uh, by straightening patients usually request that the examiner should about the manner way and by flexing the patient's knee the buttock pain is usually relieved in this manner way it has been described to enhance the sensitivity of the test such as braggart sign which consists of concomitant foot dorsiflexion to increase the pain while the examiner completes the leg raise however this manner way is the crossed slr test that we can also use to i uh, to make the sure about the herniation or the nerve root irritation in crossed slr the examiner passively flexes the patient's uninvolved limb while maintaining the knee into extension position a positive test is when the patient reports the pain in the involved limb at 40 degree of hip flexion with uninvolved limb a cross slr is positive in a central disc herniation in case of severe nerve root irritation according to the literature the slr shows the high sensitivity and a low specificity in lumbar disc protrusion although most of the literature is limited by poor quality and were performed in surgical case series 
Also, some studies have shown a restricted diagnosis accuracy of neurological examination in detecting disc herniation with radiculopathy patients. As the test demonstrated a high sensitivity, it could be useful to rule out the lumbar disc protrusion. However, the utility is limited due to the low specificity as it can be positive in now root involvement also. What is the effect of SLR? The SLR effects on the sciatic nerve. The SLR test also places the stretch on the hamstrings, buttocks tissue, sacroiliac joint, the posterior lumbar ligaments and facet joints. In addition to that, it lengthened the spinal canal according to the Urban et al. in late 90s. The confirmation that the nerve root is the source of pain which may be improving by raising the leg to the point of pain and then lowering it a few degrees. The neuromeningeal structures are further stretched either from below by dorsiflexing the foot or by applying firm pressure to the popliteal fossa over the posterior tibial nerve. This pressure from above is produced by flexing the cervical spine. When performing the SLR, as the leg is raised, the knee should not be allowed to bend and the pelvis should stay on the couch. If you find any kind of asymmetry by performing the SLR, you must remove that potential cause. The dura within the spinal canal is firmly attached to the foramen magnum above and filum terminate below. The trunk flexion causes the spinal canal to lengthen and therefore stretches the dura matter. Whereas extension by shortening the canal which induces the dura relaxing allowing the sheet to fold. This neuromeningeal pathway is elastic structure. So when the tension imparted at one point will spread throughout the whole length of the spine. As the SLR perform, the initial motion of the nerve at the greater sciatic notch as the hip flexion goes through the 35 degree. The movement occurs proximal to the sacrum and during the next 35 degree of the movement is at the intervertebral foramen itself. The last degree of SLR do not produce any further movement but simply increase the tension over the whole course of the nerve as the Grieve et al. said in late 1970. The testing the unaffected leg which is called the cross SLR. It may also give the symptoms. This manual way pulls the nerve root as well as the dura distally and the medially. However, it increases the pressure on the nerve complex by less than half that of the standard SLR test. When the ipsilateral SLR causes the pain, it simply means that one of the tissue connected to the nerve's pathway is gets sensitized. The crossed SLR may therefore be more reliable predictor test to identify the large disc protrusion about the examination of the lumbar spine. The patient should be in supine position. The clinician flex the patient's hip with the knee joint into the extended until the patient's complaints of pain or tightness in the back or the posterior aspect of the leg part. At this point, the clinician brings the leg down until the patient feels no pain. The clinician should can add the dorsiflexion of the foot or by adduction of the hip joint. The positive test elicit the pain in the leg, buttocks or in the back at 60 degree or less than a leg elevation. The pain is typically worsened by dorsiflexion of the ankle joint or by neck flexion or by the hip adduction. A positive SLR usually indicates the S1 or L5 nerve root irritation. The sensitivity of this test is about 91% in lumbar spine and the specificity is about 26%. If the pain that does not increase with the dorsiflexion or the neck flexion which may indicate the lesion in the lumbosacral or the hamstring area or the pain on the opposite side it can indicate a large space occupied lesion. 
now if we look from the literature itself as i uh, told you earlier abouting the dorsiflexion of the foot as well as the hip adduction and the internal rotation the recent publication done by shaklock et al in, in january 2021 they did the study for the slr to identify the effectiveness or the reliability of adding the ankle dorsiflexion as well as the hip internal rotation they said that slr is the most commonly applied physical test on the patients with sciatica but the sensitivity and the specificity uh, specificity rating for the disc hernia and the neural compression leaves an area for improvement in their study they took the 40 participants and they divide the 40 parties uh, participants into the two groups both the groups were examined by the two independent examiner the first group performed the slr traditionally until the until the first response were evolved the recent study from bmc musculoskeletal disorder the michael shaklock uh did the study on extending the slr for improve the clinical evaluation of the sciatica they measured the reliability of hip internal rotation or the ankle dorsiflexion when performing the slr in their study they took the 40 participants they divide the 40 party, uh, participants into the two groups and both the groups were examined by the independent examiner the first group slr was performed traditionally until the first response were evoked like in pain at this hip flexion angle a location specific structural differentiation was performed to confirm whether the emerged response were of neural origin or another source of symptoms they used the kappa score for interrater reliability to calculate for the slr results in their results they find out that the interrater reliability between the two examiner for slr was 0.85 which was translating to almost a perfect agreement as measured by the kappa scale so they conclude that slr with addition of location specific structural differentiation is a reliable and repeatable tool in neural symptoms from musculoskeletal patients they recommend that adding this hip internal rotation as well as the dorsiflexion to standard slr with aim of improving the diagnostic ability so from this literature i conclude that when we are doing the slr we must include the dorsiflexion as well as the hip internal rotation to improve our diagnostic ability thank you for listening episode number 2 i hope you enjoyed this podcast i will come with more information about the slr in the next podcast be sure to visit the website and find the free resources regarding the blogs as well as the research article you can also find a few videos which helps you to improve your clinical skills have a nice day see you